a yes bank maximum, the first of this contest. Oh, that is brilliant. It's a hero maximum. On the ground, on the ground, another hero maximum. Righto, welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast. My name is Munter and we are here with Lugsy and Jacko. This is episode 29 and our last covering an incredible T20 World Cup. This, of course, was brought to a close by the now Universal White Bull Champions beating a fiery Pakistan team by five wickets. This World Cup coverage has been brought to you by our good friends at Piranha Grip Socks. Bring flair to your game. And i tell you what, there's been a bit of flair going on in this final, but let's start with maybe the clutchest cricketer I can remember, Benjamin Stokes. Now, since the 2016 T20 World Cup final, where ironically he was the opposite of clutch, he was man of the match in the World Cup final in 2019. We have, of course, the Headley knock, and now we have yesterday's performance. 52 not out in a World Cup final. In T20 internationals, Ben Stokes averages 19 with only 150. And that 50 was last night. Now, boys, explain to me how a guy who before this final had never passed 50, yet in the moment on that stage, there was no one else I would want in the middle than Ben Stokes. Yeah, I think it just comes down to he's a guy, isn't he? Like, he's a guy that's done it before. He did it in the World Cup final against us. He's done it at Headingley. He's done it here. He can do it with the ball. Like, there's guys that are just made for it, and he's one of them. Um and yeah, I mean, he's a titan when it comes to those sort of positions in cricket. And yeah, as soon as England were batting second, you just sort of felt like maybe they're going to chase just as easy. But Pakistan's attack's good. But yeah, with Stokes there, it felt like anything was they were going to do anything, and and they did. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's just one of those things. Like it's pretty cliche to say, but like he just doesn't look scared at the moment at all. Um, and really looks like he wants to be there, wants to be there for the winning runs, um, wants those big moments. Like, if you explained to someone who, who wasn't following cricket at all that, like, and just showed him your record, well, that obviously they're not like, he's not the first guy you're going to pick to do that job. But every cricket fan watching when he came to the innings, we were messaging last night, like, this is the key wicket. If he's at the end, uh, England are going to win this game. And, you know, they... It got a bit stressful there for a while, as, as England sort of want to do, but with Stokes there, they were always in the game and he finished it off. It's quite strange. Like you said, kind of a difference between like a the eye test and like just if you're looking at stats because I guess this T20 knock wasn't actually a T20 knock in a way. It was almost like a one-day knock, which is pretty much right up his alley. But you, you sort of got the sense like if England needed a little bit more, he would have gone a bit harder a bit earlier. But yeah, it was quite it was quite funny because I remember messaging you, messaging you boys um, when he was under run of ball about is this innings hurting or hurting England or is it helping England? And obviously, it's ended up being the latter. But it's just sort of shows that how I guess has there been like I can't think of a clutch of cricketer like just in terms of these big moments like they're starting to stack up now. It's um, the only person I can think of is like Emmy Stoney. Yeah, I was going to say a, a Donny. When we grew up, obviously, it was New Zealand. Like, Michael Bevan was very similar yeah. to us. Yeah. Like, every time you got Australia in trouble, like, very rare to even have them in trouble with the batting lineup they had at that stage. But if you did, he was just like that one last wicket you had to get that, like, it just felt like you could never get. Yeah, 100%. The, all, yeah, as you said, Donny was the closest thing. Or that stretch in white ball cricket where Coley would just, like, 
just peel yeah. off those chasing hundreds and it was like, oh, well, Coley's on 80 and they're chasing, they've won sort of thing. And it's like those guys that went over that stat of like Doni not out at the end of a run chase had won like 98% of games or something silly or it was like 34 of 35 games and it's like there's just guys that know how to do it and know how to get it done and know how to time that chase as well, which, um, yeah, Stokes has sort of moved into into that guy in the big moments. I guess the, the big thing that's separating Stokes at the moment is he's got like two under his belt in finals and they're really like, as we've talked about in this World Cup, like they're the games that actually get remembered when we're talking, you know, 10, 15 years down the track, like not to take anything away from, you know, Donny and Coley, some of those innings, incredible innings, but like can you say who they were against now or do you just know they did play those great innings? Like Stokes's will really stand out for years to come because they were finals games. Well, that's, that's the thing about Stokes is, is the di- probably the difference is if you look at all those guys you mentioned, like the Bevins, the Coley's, the Donnies, their records are phenomenal. Like their records are like they average over 50. Like you can see it on paper how good they are. Whereas if you look at Stokes on paper, it's averages mid-30 in test cricket, his ODI record's pretty much the same. And as, as you said, in T20 cricket, it's under 20. But he seems to be able to turn it on. Like he just doesn't get out of bed unless it's a big moment. Otherwise, he just can't be bothered sort of thing. Like that's that's the part that I think is so, uh, I guess, unnatural to, mm. than everyone else. Is that he, he seems to be able to turn it off and on. Or, or he only can turn it on when it when it really, really matters, which I think is just incredible. History remembers the winner, don't they? Like, he's just going to be remembered as this ultra superstar who in this, like, period of knockout white ball cricket has been just, like, unstoppable. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Pakistan, I, I guess they'll never be remembered as the best bowling attack at a T20 World Cup now because they lost the final. And they couldn't get it done. So, um, yeah, Stokes in, in one foul swoop has cemented himself as a sort of the premier final player in white ball cricket and also to do it against that attack. Um, I mean, they lost Shaheen Freddy to, to injury, which really sort of hurt their, their back end by the looks of it. Um, but still, the rest of their attack is... I mean, we've, we've been on the Pakistan train, especially that bowling attack since the Tri-Series here in, in New Zealand, and to win it against them just, just adds another level to how good he is. I was going to start with the, the England bowling attack, but since you brought up, since you brought up Pakistan's sort of attack, we'll, we'll, we'll go straight into the, the old England innings, and we'll go back to, I guess, um, Karen and co. later. But yeah, just on that attack, like it was that first sort of six overs – it was like like England were going hard and then Pakistan were going hard back at them. It was honestly like two – it was like a Rocky movie where you had like the basically just haymaker after haymaker and no one's playing defense. At the end of the power play, England were like 48, which is like – they've got off to a flyer. But the three down at the same time. So it was like no one was – there was no draws. There was no – it was just right – it was just sort of haymaker after haymaker. And I sort of – I just watched a clip before on uh, Instagram and it was – Nassim Shah's sort of spell and you forget like after two overs he was two overs he was none for 25 yeah. and he and he ended up none for 30 or four which sounds like oh he's done all right but that second over 
is the most outrageous thing when you rewatch it. It's a, oh, yeah. it's eleven runs off it, which sounds you know he's and he's been hit for six, but he's bet Butler's bet five times. It was outrageous. It was unbelievable. There was so I think it went like he bit bit him on the outside. He bowled it down leg side, got a bit straight, and it, it sort of five wides, wasn't it? Five rides, and then he bit the bat a couple of times, and then Butler, to his credit, just went, oh, I can't defend this guy, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can scoop him for six. And then you think, oh, okay, Butler's going to keep going, but then not nah, back to a couple of player misses. Um, and then he did the same to Stokes. He just started going the other way, and I thought, this is this is really lightning sort of bowling. Well, I think I, I messaged you at the time. I was like, I've never seen so many player misses in a T20. Yeah, St- Stokes was laughing. Yeah, like legitimately just him going past the bat, ball after ball. And like it was honestly like it was the opening session of a test match. They were like on the on the back foot trying to defend and it was just whistling past the bat at such speed. Um and the and that butler shot, probably you know, I don't know if that's if we're gonna do the Piranha players of the week, that that for me is right up there because I know it like it gets said all the time and it's it's so cliche and and Jacko loves to call it out like he's a very inventive player. They do it to him. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was an outrageous shot because it was like he just realized I've I've got no better option here. Like this is legitimately my best option. And to execute under that sort of pressure, that was incredible from Butler. Yeah, and I tell you what, Butler Butler is one of the best of the world. If you've got a I mean, if you haven't seen it, if you've got a spare 20 minutes, watching his scooping masterclass, just to go on a wee side tangent, is like one of the best videos you'll ever watch in terms of like white ball batting. It's just the way he explains it, you can just see how it correlates directly into his game. It's it's a phenomenal watch. He's so smart. He's so smart. Oh, like I, talk, I talked on the, on the solo pod the other day about how he reminds me of like, like LeBron James in the, in, in the playoffs, like, when he was in his prime, just the way he'd like problem solve as he on the fly, and I just think like that's how he's quite obviously he's got all the shots, but he's also really really smart. So I think there was another masterclass I seen about him digging out Yorkers, and he was like him and Flintoff, like obviously Flintoff's a bit old school, and he's trying to talk about like hitting hitting sixes and and Flintoff's hitting it normally, and he can't hit it as far because he can't dig out the Yorkers, whereas Butler's like kind of like he's almost like. He's got his bat like almost horizontal, and he's like almost like sweeping it down the ground so he can. And he's like, "Oh, well, that, that's the only way I can hit the middle." Just things like that are, are quite sort of groundbreaking. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Mm. I want to sort of paint a picture before I guess that Shaheen injury slash over because um, it was that, that game. In the end, it looked com- it was comfortable for England, but there were times where it looked a little bit dicey and even I think Duckworth Lewis even had Pakistan ahead at, at one stage so obviously as I said um, England 40 off for three after the power play and then you've got Brook, Harry Brook and Stokes started the repair job um, six overs later 84 for three and then the game sort of turned Harry Brook got dismissed by Shadab Khan who of course bowled well again Shahina Free took that pretty sharp catch which obviously everything was all like rosy, but then it looked like he sort of hobbled his knee afterwards. He went off for a bit. He returned to bowl in the 16th over. He bowled one ball at about like 65k. Um, dot baller. Um, 
Yeah, bit the bear. I thought it was a slower ball, and then you look at the you look at the replay, and now it's just seam up, and he's got nothing. He's got nothing in the tank, and that, like England are needing nines at this time. Which, when you start the innings at needing six and a half, that's not nothing. It was very. It was getting tense. Like, I mean, that it's it shouldn't be. It's not not England's fault by any means, but that over was that changed the game. That like that six and four from Stokes completely. Just changed the game. Oh, massive. Like, they had to bring in, like, obviously, Iftika to bowl, but off spin. And you knew as soon as he's come, he came on, he, they, had, they were going to target him. They had to go because you had, there was two overs from Ralph, two overs from Wazim. Um, I think Nassim had already bowled out. And obviously, we talked about how good he bowled. And then if Shaheen still had two overs to go at the time, so they needed a couple of overs somewhere else. And then it just, it's a bit of a shame. Obviously, you know, he hit those hit the six and the four and then Mo and Ali took uh, Wazim to the cleaners and then just like two overs later, England only need 12 off 18. Yeah. And, and it was a it was a bit of a shame. Like, obviously, I think we'd all agree that probably England were the better team, probably the best team in the tournament. Mm. So um, just, just, just quickly to wrap up what you just, you've just said, to summarise, there's another asterisk on an England World Cup win. <laughs> Yes, 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 there is. At least, at least, it's it's nice that England, for a change, could win like conventionally. Mm. You know, well, close to conventionally. Mm. There yeah. will always be an asterisk, I guess. Like, if because a lot of these English guys are just sort of like, oh, you know, England would have won anyway. Like, I just don't know yeah. about that. It was it like, was definitely at- getting tense. Like, I mean, it's another very similar like talking about with that Sri Lanka game where. It started to get tense in there, and it just didn't particularly need to, but everyone looked like they were just feeling the pressure a bit. Like, when Harry Brook went out, I think they still weren't, they didn't, they only needed like 50 off seven. Like, it was only sevens they needed, but it still felt insanely tense out there. Like, and I don't know if that's just, you know, because the commentators are painting that picture for us at home about the pressure and everything, the crowd's going nuts. Oh, NASA was going on about the death, depth like every five seconds. Oh, I mean, that was about to, you know, he was about to get <laughs> by an old NASA. <laughs> I mean, so, I've never, never disliked NASA and, we'll, you know, obviously we'll talk about old Josh Butler a little bit later on. But <laughs> there was, that wasn't actually the finest hour of commentary. And I think it took a, it took a good New Zealand man like Smithy to, to say they do, they do bat deep NASA, but have they ever done it in a final? Just, just hold them back a bit. Have, have they ever done it in this to- in that tournament? No, that's it. <laughs> like, like you know, I mean, I wasn't gonna like they got Livingston next seven. Like, I, I mean, were you gonna? I wasn't trusting him. Um, Harry Brooks sort of scratched around a little bit, but you knew, like, you knew he was getting out at some point. Because um, it's interesting they, they they talk about how quick they were batting. So I mentioned they were 80, 80 off for three after twelve overs. Well, Pakistan were going faster. Oh, at the I same mean, time. Yeah, I mean, they, by, not, by no means was anyone striking at that. Cl- like, Stokes' innings will get remembered, and it should, because he done the best job, but he was absolutely scratchy for the majority of that innings. Yeah, I think I don't think, as a commentary team, I don't think they fully... Um, it's not that they respect... They didn't completely, completely respect Pakistan's bowling attack, but they, I don't think they quite gathered how hard a pitch that was to bat on. Yeah. And to think, like, to keep going on about how um, Pakistan needed above par when they very nearly defended 130, just 
doesn't yeah. make any but sense to me. You often see this a bit in, in T20s and in one-day cricket where a team sort of not so much punches down but sort of ties their innings to what the score they're chasing is rather than just going out and batting and like, you know, a lot of times you just knock that off in 15 overs. So you do often see these these games get dragged out a bit more than maybe you'd think necessary. But like, as you say, that pitch wasn't easy by any means. Like, as I've talked about, the amount of balls that whistled past the bat um, and the attack, they were they were all bowling quick and they were so up for it. That was what made that second inning so fun. It's like, it looked like Pakistan would just like, okay, we've got to bowl them out. So, I mean, if they're going, you know, if they get 40, 50 off the power plate, doesn't matter. We've just got to take wickets. The final just compounds everything, doesn't it? Like every risk is more calculated because it's like in a game that sort of might matter. It's like, right, I'll take a risk and and it might not pay off, but next guy will we'll get the job done. But in a final, everyone's like, well, fuck, if four guys' risks don't pay off and suddenly you, you've got Livingston trying to chase 50 and six overs, it's just... That, that pressure of the final, I mean, runs on the board in the final are always a monumental task because every batter wants to be the guy that's there to knock them off and no batter wants to be part of the group that fucking gets bowled out for 120 in that final. So everything just compounds and guys are guys are taking less risks and that, that's why they try to, that's why I suppose, it, as you said, it pushes out a long way because... Fuck, if England better the way they did against India, they chase that in 10 overs, perhaps, sort of thing. Oh, if it was a bilateral game, I mean, because the, the, I guess the difference between like those bilateral games is they don't really care as much because there's another game in about two days, yep. whereas there's there's a not, there's not another World Cup final for – well, I mean, you might not even make another one. Like, you can't – there's another World Cup in two years, but you, don't, you can't guarantee you're going to be there again. Um, so, it sort of made me – it did make me – wish like that Pakistan just had another sort of 15-20 cuz if we go back if we sort of go back to their innings they were 121 for 4 with 20 23 balls left and then between Curran Jordan some pretty average batting they only managed 16 runs in the next 23 balls which is like four and over i mean if they went if they went at a runner ball that's 144 seven and over that's 148 eights we're talking 152, they only made 137, and on that pitch with these bowlers, I mean, if it's 152, I mean, they probably win that game. What the what what, what happened? Like, is Sam Curran the best bowler ever, or what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> on paper. The, yeah, I mean, the fact that you can't hit a bloke for more than threes in a T20 with five guys out is like astounding, really. Like that is supreme and it, as we said he's just a guy who's got his good skill set and it's come together on the world stage in front of the biggest audience so yeah that makes him the best bowler ever yeah and like he's definitely not on the team of the tournament but he is a <laughs> terrific player um that i mean there was a couple of massive like wee periods in this like i was saying a month last night like it's amazing how many twists and turns can happen in such a short format of cricket and that was that was probably the first big one. There was that um, there's a couple like real crucial overs that changed the game, and then obviously the the injury in the end was like the last big factor. But the way Pakistan finished their batting was like the first massive um, sort of event in the game, where they just they just couldn't. They were like, if they had batted maybe even a bit more sensibly, obviously yeah. it's hard to the T20 with the last few overs like. 
It's just you've got to, I guess, in your head, you're thinking like it's boundaries. But even if they could have on those big, like those big boundaries, just picked off ones and twos at least and got, you know, eights or nines and over. But they just all held out on that boundary. That's sort of how Karen picked up a couple of his, yeah. his wickets. They all fell on the boundary. Jordan the same. Fle- like Stephen Fleming's come out and sort of dressed down there, basically their death batting and saying like, look, they just haven't, they haven't adjusted to how you're supposed to bat at the death of the MCG because it is big yep. boundaries. And as you said, you you hit three twos, two singles, and that fifth one goes for like. That fifth one is either a dot or a boundary, and then you've got between eight and twelve and over, and they get that one fifty that with their attack is impossible to to chase almost. So, yeah, they they've obviously got that death period wrong, and um, yeah, I mean Fleming called them out and said, "Shit, maybe they didn't do their research, and maybe they didn't." That seems to be the difference between like England and other teams. Like I sort of, I sort of give you know. There's something about Sam Curran I, I don't rate. Like, obviously, you know, 13 wickets. Hey, this is a perfect ground for Sam Curran and Chris Jordan. Like, the big boundaries, like, all the wickets were caught on the fence. Um, like, there's no doubt if this if this final was at Eden Park, like, there's no chance. Like, he's going at 10s. But no, and the rest. That's, that's neither here nor there. But the thing is, I guess, like, they are they're quite a smart. They use, they use analytics. They... They assess conditions. They assess the boundary, um, the matchups, the boundary sizes. They they make you hit to the long boundaries. They do all those little smart sort of things. And I guess that's because you, you, when you think about England, you think about their, their you know, their rock star batting lineup. But it was it was their bowling that won this won in the game. Like if you if you if I said we've got a bowling attack of Ben Stokes, Chris Wokes, Chris Jordan, Sam Curran, Livingston, and Rashid, like barring Rashid, there's not like one bowler that is going to worry a batting team, but like as a as a unit with like Joss Butler and the plans, they just seem to suffocate teams in a way, which is is like quite impressive. Yeah, and I think it's important to touch on. I was, I was mentioning there was a couple of massive moments throughout that first twenty overs. The last five, obviously, being the biggest. But I mean, was it the twelfth or thirteenth over? You're probably a bit better at keeping track of this stuff, Munter. The Rashid, yeah, sh- yeah, that was the wicket made and just sort of. It really felt like a shift in the game as well. Well, the over before, like Shah Massoud, he took Livingston for 16. Yeah. And it just felt like, you know, Bubba, had, he's in. Shah Massoud actually batted really well. I can't remember what he got, but he sort of really picked up the gear. He ran well. He was proactive. And you're right, it just felt like they were about to shift a gear. And then that over was just, I mean, it was phenomenal. It was that, I mean, you, you'll probably talk about it largely, but to make, to deceive Barbara's arm so convincingly with a googly was was just incredible. It was just the way they'd sort of set up that he'd he'd like done him a bit in the past, and you're like looking at Barbara on paper, and you're like he's a world class batter with like, sort of no flaws, and yet here's this guy that just completely bamboozles him, sort of most time he bowls to him, and mm. Joe he just bowls that googly wrong, and and, and yeah, a, a very odd looking dismissal, but. Are out very important over. Good to see the the sort of the favourite just get the job done. Um, yeah, I've always rated that. Yeah, like oh, it's yeah. it is it is good to see sort of a a dominant team for the past few years sort of get their roses. So well, well done, England. Commiserations, Pakistan, and yeah, New Zealand would have won that final if we were in it. <laughs> yeah, I think the <laughs> final actually sort of somewhat played out 
as a lot of the tournament has, like in a, in a lot of why we enjoyed the tournament. It was actually like a, a really good battle between bat and ball like most of the way. Yeah, definitely. And great, great segue into the rest of the tournament because as, as you've said, that's probably what's made it like a lot more entertaining. I think compared to the last T20 World Cup where it was, right, let's see who wins the toss and bat second and they'll just chase whatever gets set. Like this was actually a, fuck, like even the final 130-odd, it's like, oh, geez, Pakistan's bowling attack's good. This is going to be a hell of a chase sort of thing. So I think that, that level of unknowing into T20 cricket, again, was just just ramped that enjoyment factor up so much and, it, and it's just been fantastic to watch. I've ne- I don't think I've ever loved T20 cricket as much as I do right now. Which nah. I, I've never, I've always sort of liked, I mean, it's always sort of liked it, but you've always sort of seen it as a hit, a hit and giggle. But mm. I, th- I think I, there's, there's just a bit about it. Yeah, I've never had as much interest in like neutral games either. Like Pakistan, Zimbabwe was a great game. Uh, Netherlands, South Africa, that was great. Like even England, Sri Lanka, everything. Like every game you watch, you were just like, almost on the edge of your seat. There wasn't many sort of definitive results apart from our first one against Aussie. And it probably like speaks to how much these guys are playing now though and how good they are getting at the game. Like they, they talk about it a bit with basketball with like the level of the NBA at the moment is just insanely high because these guys are all just like so prolific, so locked in on their shooting and everything. And it just seems like that's happening with T20 cricket especially now. Like, these guys just play so much of it. Almost every bat is, like, 360. Like, bowlers have now all got slower balls, different variations. Like, the quality of the game is just very high. And that's actually even happening in the lower teams as well. Even their guys are all playing so much that their standards are getting higher. So it's just made the whole game, like, a lot higher level. Definitely, 100%. And this is probably, like, a good sort of way to sort of get into our, like, piranha plays off of the whole World Cup. Um, because of obviously there's just been so many unbelievable memories. It seems like, you know, the first one that I think of is obviously Finn Allen smoking Mitchell Stark 14 off that first over um, to give us hopes of winning the cup. Um, and there's been like, there's been so many, like I've got a car, I've got a few here boys, but I'll, I'll rattle off them. And then if you guys have got any more, um, yeah. feel, feel free to add to it. So I've got here uh, the Glenn Phillips catch versus Aussie. Big one. Um, special. Just special. I just felt like it. It just put an exclamation mark on the on the evening. And also that whole game, obviously, as we've talked about in the past, because we won it, we'll um obviously continue to talk about it. That that's it. That's that's basically yeah, it. Game of the World Cup for me, to be fair. Yep, and it'll be it'll be, it'll be ahead of the next one, which is Coley's six uh, against Harris Ralph. Oh, look, not a bad shot, but I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I mean. Well, I mean, it's just it's just a group stage game, nothing to get excited about. I mean, come on. Um, our finals were at. We've been talking about this. <laughs> and beating Aussie. Beating Aussie mm. and winning finals. That's all yeah. that's the only thing that matters. Um speaking of uh beating like good teams, uh Glenn Phillips hundred versus Sri Lanka. I, I didn't have a like a moment. I just felt like that hundred just it just felt like something. It felt like a superstar was born. Um, for a coming me. out party, yeah, coming out party. Um, the next one I've got Ireland uh, actually being the world champs because they beat England. That's how this works. I mean, that is, in, in all seriousness, that's got to be a massive confidence booster now. Watching them, you know, seeing England go on to win the tournament and thinking we've we've cleaned them up. 
Well, I've got there and I've got Zimbabwe beating Pakistan and the other finalists. Like it kind of shows like what you guys are talking about, like the depth. And I guess that's why T20 is so – like it's – you're not going to have that at test cricket and you're not you're probably not going to have that ODI cricket. No. But at T20 cricket, it feels like it's the best chance for the sport to grow. Like mm-hmm. into, into something like – yeah, something like the foot, like it, it could turn into something like the Football World Cup or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, you even look at like those games Ireland played against us in the warm ups, and you're like, how m- they had us in trouble, like, what, two out of the three games because it was just that longer format. Like, we eventually just found a way to turn it around and win it. So it's just, and that the shorter it gets, obviously, the, the closer that brings them all together. Mm, the skill, the skill gap matters less when the like the game is shorter, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, spe- speaking of like that, the upset, I've got it could be the whole game, it could be the whole day, but I've got I've got that Vandermeer catch like versus South yeah. Africa, like that catch by itself could probably be it's a it's a play of, of the World Cup. But when you think about the moment and, and the ripple on effect it had, because it was the beginning of the end for South Africa, and then it just had this massive change for the whole World Cup, like Netherlands now. Netherlands now like guaranteed to the next World Cup because they won that game. Pakistan obviously go through, they smash us. Um, they very nearly won it all. Um, and then, you know, South Africa, we were talking about the pod before Before that. We, I mean, I picked them to make the final. And then a few days later, they lost two games, they're out the cup. See you later. Um, it just sort of, I feel like it just sort of summed up the whole tournament as a whole, right, like that day. I think you're right. I think it's the that probably for me is my number one vote. Just the ripple effects of that. Like you want to talk about the butterfly effect of a catch, but that is that's probably cha- that's changed world cricket for a for a, for a short amount of time. That's for sure. Definitely. Um, so next one, obviously, we'll move on to the semis. I've got the Sh- Shadab Khan run out of Devon Conway. I don't know if that's necessary to put in, but. Yeah, no, nah, it's just I just felt like you know had to had to put something in there. I mean, we could put uh, oh, it could be uh, Finn Allen's fourth uh, first ball. That was a good shot, wasn't it? Yeah, and then that was probably that, that was where we, at that point we we're on top. From the rest of the game, we were pumped basically. So um, that's for me. I've got that. Got to give Pakistan a bit of love. And from the other semi, I mean, fuck, there could be could be a lot. Hales did some stuff. Curran went for a few. Pandia had that um, sort of like that flick off the legs. I rated, but I'm going to go like but the last Butler six over Coley to sort of exclamation mark beat India by ten wickets, 170 and 16 overs. It just the celebration. The celebration, like you don't see a lot of you don't see a lot of celebrations like that from old Butler. I was going to say, I'll just touch on that from last night as well. He most, as everyone was sort of running on the field, going nuts like I, I do love to see, he was quite reserved in terms of like, this This obviously you could tell me everything to him. Like he was like almost like couldn't run on the field tearing up. So I was just, it was cool to see from Butler. Definitely. Well, there was a bit early on, like when he first got captaincy, I think they lost a couple of white ball games and there was a bit like sort of in the English media questioning if he was the man for the job and he was sort of having... Having to defend um, defend his own strategy and his own position, and they were going to work it out. And then they lost Bearstow, and yeah, I think it just you can tell it meant fucking heaps to him. And yeah, fair play. 
Very unlikely media to criticise their players. Actually. Yeah, normally a very gentle, calm-headed media. <laughs> yeah, um, like I was speaking of media, I guess, like just on like Owen Morgan, he's been a revelation in the com box. He's been such a like it's a it's a weird sort of dynamic because he is. His interview with Hales was awkward though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a, a bit of funny sort of stuff. He sort of really like if if Hales had a photo of that, he would have cropped him out for sure. Um, yep. But it was quite, it was quite interesting just hearing him like discuss about like what it'd be like in the camp because he obviously would know. And I guess one of the most underrated like retirements because mm. he sort of gave him, he gave him time, he gave Butler time and the team time to sort of suck a wee bit and find their feet and then just come right at the right time. And I think that was that's pretty impressive in hindsight. Like a lot of people sort of hang on a bit long, Aaron Finch. Would have been um, easy to hang on for the whole World Cup. What's sort of the guts of this whole Hales thing? He just do a bit of gear on a Saturday night and not tell the boys? or Yeah, did a bit of gear, got caught, and yeah, yeah basically got binned from the team forever. Well, I think like the leadership group at the time said, like, well, he'll never play for England again. Look, I'm not one to um, conspiracy theory, but... I don't, I don't, I don't know if he was. You know, it's probably said they night post a win. I doubt he's the only one getting on the, uh, the sugar. Well, apparently he. So I looked into it the other day, and he. Yeah. Probably. It was around. It was around that 2019 World Cup. I don't know the exact time, but he, he essentially, he failed a couple of drug tests, and then he had to, he had to miss a game or whatever, and he, he didn't tell the team. Yeah, yeah. So he he sort of like it wasn't that he failed the drug test; it was that he didn't tell the team. I'm glad they're all good on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But but I don't I don't know exactly what happened with him and Stokes. I know that something something happened something happened with that that night out and the the old gay avenger punch sort of thing. And because obviously Hales was there and in the doco, he he refers to him as a former friend and. All that sort of stuff. It's obvious. He was a bit busy in the toilets at the time, so. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's but, why Stokes went on a rampage. But like I said, I mean, like I, I said the other night, you know, last year, no Hales. Uh, there's Morgan in that team. They lose. This year, no Morgan. Hales is in the group. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Mm. I but think that's a- what happens when you add a few tattoos to the mixer. Fuck, he looks good. He looked good. Although um, I didn't actually put that down, but that Shahina Freddy uh, ball to like clean him up mm. was quite something, as you, as, you, as you sort of expect. And then I've got Rashid's googly that got Bubba's arm. That's that's sort of my list. I don't know if you guys want to add to that. Um, You're taking about forty five there, Munter. So <laughs> is it is it is that one per game? Is it? It's a real comprehensive sort of list. That that, that was sort of what I could, I couldn't think of anything else to fear. But um, I think yeah. I think I mentioned a couple of times throughout the tournament. So I'll just give them another shout out here. Like the commentary in general, very handy. Um, except, except for except for the final, I felt I like it was a bit patchy. Say, but just to touch on it one last time to wrap it up. Obviously, they just got things wrong last night. Especially uh, Josh Butler getting referred to multiple times as Josh. Particularly when his name was on the screen at one point, and he still got the Josh treatment. Smithy did it like I would say at least five times. Oh yeah, at, at least is he? Has he gone? Has he gone Cena? Like I hate. To, I don't want to. I don't want to sort of disrespect the the king no, of commentary. Um, but there was there was the other there was the other one where Livingston had gone for sixteen, and then they obviously got a wicket, and then Smithy's like. 
talking to Morgan and he's like, got they gotta get Livingston back on. They've got to sneak it over through. And it was just crickets. Like he was just <laughs> more, Morgan was like like knew that was a terrible idea. <laughs> but, yeah. but he didn't wow. want to didn't want to say anything. When that, yeah, um, Smitty's lucky Dalwood Milan didn't play, or he would have been another name <laughs> nightmare. When um when the young fella Muhammad Harris was like oh off six or oh off five or something, they also referred to him as now starting to see it like a football. Um, which odd, just just <laughs> even if you are seeing it well, which he definitely wasn't at that point, to say a football such an odd reference. Yeah, it's beach ball. Beach He's seen it phrase, so well, it? the ball's actually changed shape. Oh, imagine how hard, how, how hard it would be to hit a football. Like, it, imagine <laughs> what, like it bounces and it, you don't know which way it's going. Um, but yeah, Muhammad Harris, that was, um, I didn't actually bring that up, but that was quite a knock in a, in a bad way. It's the sort of knock that you're kind of laughing at, as a, as the opposition because the guy's just swinging willy nilly and he's yeah, not, not connecting. <laughs> I mean, we've talked, it's little John esque. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, it was good stuff and then just on I guess we might as well bring up the old because old Ravi Shastri I mean he was in that old on-field commentary box are we are we a fan what, what are your thoughts on the on-field commentary box I, I didn't like a lot of that stuff I like it didn't sort of the, the cool thing would be if it really like got the crowd like you could really feel the atmosphere but I don't think that sort of worked in that way so it just they always sort of there's at least one of one of these sort of new ideas they sort of trial out every World Cup, but I didn't particularly think it thought it added much. Yeah. No, nah, fair enough. I guess I should probably wrap up this ad to be fair. I was really yeah. sort of dragged it out. Um, my vote would probably honestly be that whole I I would maybe go the whole butler hales in like the whole butler hales innings. Yeah, and that's fair. To go to go none down and just absolutely blast India, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I'll go the the Dutchman's catch. I think that flying Dutchman like that is just that will that will go down as one of the best catches in cricket history. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Jacko on that one. I think um, the the ripple effect, the the degree of difficulty. Yeah, even though it kind of shafted us as, as a caps team. Um, yeah, I'll go that one. Would we agree on probably second place, just sort of that finale and boundary in that semi-final? Yeah, just, it's a clear, clear second, second place. I, I would say second is just that first game against Aussie. Yeah, mm. to be fair, that's actually a serious one that could be could be just correct. the whole just the whole game, just the whole day, the first game of the World Cup. It just it felt special. It felt some special. Great, some great piranha athletes in that game too. Yep, that is a good segue to, uh, of course, why we're talking about this stuff, and that is our good friends at Piranha Grip Socks, the non-slip grip technology designed to minimise slipping in your shoe and maximise output. Designed and tested right here in New Zealand by professional athletes, the choice of sock for Black Caps, Devin Conway, Finn Allen, Michael Bracewell, Ish Sodi, Jimmy Neesham, White Ferns, Amelia and Jess Kerr, and Molly Penfold, as well as the number one women's bowler in the world, Sophie Eccleston. Performance, quality, and style. I mean, if all those names I read don't tell you that these socks are for real, then maybe the fact that I had my piranhas on for the first time playing golf on Friday. Birdie first hole. Birdie first hole. I do. I, we, won't talk about, we won't talk about the rest of the round. Yeah, you shouldn't have took your socks off. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. That I think because they were on fire. They were on fire, so I took, took my socks off, and then my game capitulated, of course. And then the next day, when I had to field for the club team, um, <laughs> um, 
the next day I had to feel for the club team. Obviously, I didn't have them on, and I had to feel for the club team. One of the worst fielding displays you will ever see, quietly. Just no that, pace. That long, that long barrier <laughs> into uh, fumble couldn't be less of an advertisement for Piranha and the flair you want in your game. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it, it, it start, the clip started good where I felt like that was uh, like a good wee walking in, a wee sort of nice wee hop step. And yeah, then lovely like, stagger step. And then, and then it was just – and then I remember I remember like going to the ball and I'm like, fuck, I can't let this go past me. If this goes through me, like I just – I've got to make sure I get on. Like they're not running. I've got to get everything on it. And, yeah, we bobble and just – it was a tough day, but that's I'll fine. Tell you what, you know you're a bit of a battling cricket player when you're stoked you're walking incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a low bar. You know what? We're a glass half full sort of uh, sort of podcast here. Yeah, in terms of the rest that- of the video, like we're we're comparing apples with oranges, aren't we? Yeah, and in, <laughs> a, in a complete side note, as we've talked about, like those little things that you know when you know someone's going to be actually a bit of a cricketer or not. About age eight or nine, when the old guy starts walking in and. And the, the like, the idiots of the team are just looking the other way and stuff. So yeah. that's a real first step to know who's going to play cricket. Yeah. So just yeah, we, we digress again. But you know, Piranha Grip Socks, they've supported us unbelievably well this World Cup. Um, where you guys, you guys, the listeners, were able to receive twenty percent off Piranha's latest range using the code TMC twenty. I don't know if this deal's still going, but you know what? Give it a try. It's not going to hurt. Um, boys, should we just should we touch on this World Cup tournament team? Because is Sam Curran in this team or not? He's been left out from what I've seen. Yeah, because I actually I actually I've got in my notes here. We've got Alex Hales, Joss Butler, Coley, Sky, Glenn Phillips, uh, Sakanda Raza, Shadab Khan, and I've got Sam Curran here, Norchies, uh, Mark Wood, and Shahina Freddie. So what was the other list we had? Yeah, that was just Wide World of Sports. So they just Channel go, Nine. Oh, that was their own one. Yeah, they've chucked. It was in. just the that was just their team of the tournament. So really bitter. Ah, uh, yeah, because I see this one. I'm looking at. It's got Ashdeep Singh ahead of Sam Curran, which couldn't make less oh, sense. Thing at Wide World of Sports has just lost his gig. Surely, that's yeah. an absolute shocker. Imagine, imagine the like, imagine the like, the player the player of the final. The guy with the most work, the player of the tournament, not making the the tournament team. Like, come on. Well, let's let's not exactly show. I mean, you wouldn't have made your team, Matthew. Uh look, look. If we, if I, to be fair, if this was a team and we were like, okay, we're going to play T twenties and uh, all these different places, I'm probably not going to pick him. Well, no, you've got blokes picking fucking like teams for just visceral reasons, while you know it's for fantasy reasons. <laughs> 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 I was going to say we, we were going to have a fantasy wrap up but I actually couldn't find I couldn't actually look up the stats because it's all closed but um, oh, you lost in the end there, and then, uh, <laughs> you came last actually mate me and Crom stormed home to be joint winners <laughs> it's no joke so it was a massive gap just to let the <laughs> listeners in here Matthew's, Matthew's you know we've all picked our team start of the tournament and me and Jacko obviously had no idea we we're going to do fantasy or anything. <laughs> and then Munters just started whacking it up on the story. Like, here are the fantasy points. Like, you got guys like me picking Michael Brassway who's not even playing just to be a good Kiwi. And now, <laughs> and then, hold on, he's updated again. And now every two days, Munters steaming ahead. And me and Jacko are just slowly behind the scenes getting more and more bitter, ready to really confront. 
England's World Cup victory in 2019 has less sort of like bitterness to it than this does for me. <laughs> that's, that's actually the true true reason I had to do solo pods this week. You, you, you guys, you guys needed a breather. <laughs> Negotiations in the uh, in the TMC pod have been stalled on the scenes. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So that, that's our that's our wrap up. Um, yeah, that's our wrap up and our wrap up of the tournament team all into one. The only thing I've got more of the World Cup is I've got an out or not out question for you guys. And yep. it's, it's to do with stats and most runs and most wickets. And now the most runs the most runs was Virat Kohli, which is no probably no surprise. Um, most wickets is Hasaranga, which is probably no surprise. Although what I'm not rating is that yeah, they're, count, they're counting qualifier games for this tally. Like it doesn't make sense, and it kind of hinder, it kind of taints the records. Like you've got Hasaranga, who's a good bowler, but he's like taking the most wickets in the last two World Cups, but he's playing an extra four games yeah. because yeah. his team because his team's no good, and they have to play qualifiers. And his team's he, just good enough to scrape through and get an extra four games. And, and it's not like he's playing in like extra games in the semi-finals and finals against the best no. teams in the world. He's playing against like you know obviously the minnows are they're getting better. But it just it just it just hinders it. Like you've got And you look at take a you look at taking leader as an accumulator, aren't they? Like they're the bloke that gets two every game with the odd bag. Oh, Hassarang is he's got involved four every game. Um you know, like and you've got like the most runs, like seconds Max O'Dowd, and like Max O'Dowd, like he's a good player, should have played Vaults, didn't, that's another story. Um but you know, he's not he hasn't got the second most runs. He's had four extra games. Um, you know, it just to put him to put put him in between Coley and Sky just doesn't. It just this the list doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know. I don't know where you guys sort of sit on that one. Yeah, out. You've got to um, if you're going to do it that way, you've got to do it on an aggregate, or you've got to do something that gives you like like a bit of perspective, isn't it? Like you do it on batting average, not batting total runs, because total runs are definitely determined by amount of knocks four extra and you only come second like that shows you enough that shows you why Targo put him in the bin yeah I mean you're not even um you I mean these they're only really selling these games as like part of the world cup to gain a bit of interest to these games aren't they like there's no one seriously thinking that world cup games or the or the world cup started like it started game one New Zealand Australia thanks so you can't yeah. you can't count those runs or work it I mean oh. It's it's cool, like it's a good thing, and like I like I kind of like that it's part of the World Cup, yeah. And it's and it's and I do, yeah, it's a good thing. But just when you look back and like if this tournament becomes a big deal, and you look back and like it doesn't, it's going to take sort of history. Like it's like it just I don't know I don't know how you it it almost be like if you had like a regular season record in NBA and you counted preseason games. Mm. Yeah, I think. A bullet was dodged with Coley getting the most runs, thankfully. Like, if it had been O'Dowd and Hasaranga at the top, it would have been like, well, okay, like, no shit. Yeah, they just played more games. But for Coley to get there with more, like, less games is just, just a, like a great stat. Um, but, yeah, definitely out. You've got to be the full noise games are all that count, not the curtain raises. Yeah, wonderful. Well said. Well said. Anything else will will cup related? You boys want to touch on? I just think what it, what yeah. Just and in, in the end, it's just been a really fun World Cup and and a great battle between bat and ball. And 
like already genuinely sort of fizzed about the next big white ball tournament. So when you're coming away fizz for more cricket and more tournament cricket, that can only be a good thing. Yeah, when you're already starting to think like, what's our next white ball World Cup team going to look like and what are our chances and you're weighing that up and you're, you're already ready to see who's going to win it and how we stack up in sort of 18 months' time. It's an exciting time to be a fan. Let's let's move on to our, our favourite snack of the week. And obviously, we do apologise there was no snack of the week last week. We had a couple of issues. We had a few – well, one, obviously, Lugsy wasn't with us last week, which is never, you know, never great for the integrity of snack of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he did throw his toys from losing <laughs> losing to Jacko for twice twice in a row. Um, oh, me against so, Jacko here. We're combined. Look, you know, I've got <laughs> – one six in a row here, pal, and it's you that's under the pump. <laughs> Look, I'm busy trying to sort out my fantasy team. Like I don't have time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time to like worry about the right snacks. <laughs> but you know, obviously, we know, had- in our heart of hearts, Crom, we're winning the fair battles. Yeah, <laughs> Jacko, do you want to have the floor again? Just want to discuss sort of boost taking the the favourites victory, which. I was a little surprised, I'm not going to lie. As, as me and Lugsy have quite often said, you don't go to the supermarket to buy a boost, but yet boost was the winner of the favourites category. So um, the floor is yours, uh, Jacko. Yeah, I suppose another week to revel in my victory. Um, but, yeah, I suppose the best thing, you can maybe that is why it's everyone's favourite because you don't get a boost that often. You have a Moro or you have a Flake or you have your Picnic every now and then, but you're not getting a boost. So maybe that's why it was number one and maybe that's why it's my number one and just another great victory from a, one of the absolute two dynasties in Snack of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and Lugsy, how do, you, how do you sort of take that um, result? Well, am I, am I going sort of nuts here? I thought, have, have we not done bread post that? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, we, yeah, we, there we had recording re- issues and that got deleted. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that was the that was actually the real reason. It wasn't that you weren't there. We um No, no, the, but the, like the audio the audio is no good and we're gonna we're gonna move on to the bread family. Um actually we're gonna should we just get into it now actually because yeah, obviously obviously, you know, oh, it was so- last week. We're gonna do it this week. Yeah, we're gonna sort of it's a redo. So basically what you had last week, we're gonna redo it. Um, but first, I just I would really love you to explain what the hell the bread family is because I've never heard of it until <laughs> you came up with it um, um, last week. Well, I, yeah, I, I I mean, I guess I don't even truly know myself. You, it's sort of one of those things you can't explain, but you know when you see it. Like, so Molesy, uh former flatmate Andrew Miller, now applying his trade in London, he like quite often would daily trips. Say, and we'd just sort of be like, "Yeah, can you grab me something? Like, what do you want? Like chocolate chips?" And it'd be occasionally, "Yeah, just grab me something from that sort of bread family." And that would sort of include like your yeah, um, ice buns, um, sort of my my favourite, the and his favourite, like this beautiful boysenberry the roll thing. But you know, you can even grab if you want to include like you know, like um, the meat bread sort of things they do, the the barbecue bread loaves. All of this sort of stuff is, is sort of in that bread family. So it's just the New World Bread Bakery section, isn't it, essentially? Essentially, yeah, if you want to sort of make it a bit more simpler. What, is there like would pizza buns be in this category? Yeah, you yeah, know, your I mean, pizza oh, buns, your meat lovers, your barters, yeah. your twists. 
Yeah. I mean, if, yep. if I asked Your for scrolls. a that bread family and he came home with a pizza bun, I'd be fuming, but <laughs> you can put it in that family. So, some people like pizza buns. You know? Oh, absolutely, um, but I'm not I'm those one, people. I'm one per visit, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I can probably you can't I can't have too many of them. I don't mind it's more it. Your, it's more your sweet stuff. Like your your sort of your pink ice buns, obviously like probably your most famous option in New Zealand. Yep. No, okay, fair enough, fair enough. All right, Lugsy, what did uh what did you run with again last week? And the and the bread family, I yeah. a, they'll, they'll get a picture of it, I'm sure, but it's a it's a wee pick and save option. It's quite big. It has gone up in price. But it's like the sort of boysenberry knot, or you can get the raspberry knot. Um, it's just it's loaded with a lot of icing, and and it's yeah, I do just love bread. So the combination of bread and icing, um, although you'd never have like you know a bit of Bergen's bread and just cover it in icing, when it's already on display at Pack and Save, it's it's a terrific option. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Jacko, what did you run? Yeah, so I went with the, <clears throat> Crom just mentioned it there, but it was the like the pink ice bun, the one with the, the cut down the middle, cream in it, little jam oh, yeah. dollop in the middle, the pink icing, the raspberry ice bun. It is like elite, top tier, sort of sweet bakery item for me so in the bread are you, family. Are you always sort of cream and jam? Because I guess there's the three options. There's, there's the ice bun with nothing. It's just your pink ice. Um, there's then you can have it with the jam, which I I love it. Got to have the jam with it, and then obviously the jam and the cream. You're always a jam and cream, or yeah, I mean j- jam. jam oh, if we're going to power rank those three quickly, I'll just I'll just be them in reverse order. So Please. it'll be cream, jam, nothing. Yeah. Nothing would be one of the. It would be like biting into an oatmeal raisin cookie, thinking it's chocolate chip. <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to get home and smother that in a liter of butter. Yeah. <laughs> you are penning a liter to the editor. That is just dog shit if you get that. But yeah, um, cream cream would be my number one, but a little bit excessive, uh, but just outstanding option. Very good, very good. So I I ran. I'm a big donut sort of guy. Um, so I was pretty happy that this sort of counted amongst the the bread family. Obviously, quite often I'll. You know, I'll fill up. I'll fill up at BP, um, AA Smart Fuel, and then I'll j- grab a wee, um, grab a wee donut on the side. Normally, I'll yeah. do a wee. Normally, I'll do a wee like a, fi- a filled donut with a bit of um, bit of custard in the middle. But this oh, week, yeah. I, th- th- last week, I, I went to went to Copeland's instead, and they had quite an unbelievable option where it was a it was again it was a chocolate uh, filled bun. But this one had Nutella in the middle. Oh yeah, special. And it just it just gave me. It was like Hazella in a donut, and you know everyone loves Hazella. Everyone loves Nutella. You know it was it was sensational. Very very yeah. happy with that pick. So um, yeah, good you know, hopefully two bucks. You know, hopefully now that my fantasy team's out of the way, I can sort of <laughs> fo- redirect my focus <laughs> on, on, onto onto the snack of the week and sort of really. Sort of get back on the board since uh, I didn't realize we were counting score. It's okay. Yeah. Um, just another. Just just to circle back to the the fill up and grabbing a Krispy Kreme, and I'll I'll give out a hot tip to all the snackers out there. When you budget your petrol allowance in, if you budget thirty, fill up twenty five, and you've got five for snacks. One of the great <laughs> life hacks. <laughs> That's this just good brilliant. Life. Yeah. I do. I do every time. Like, right, I've got thirty to spend on petrol. Well, we'll put twenty five in. Get away something. What? <laughs> Tell you what, we're slowly morphing into Ryan Fritz's show with this sort of life advice. Yeah. 
it'll change your life, change your day. Just you another tip for the snackers: if you don't actually drive, that thirty dollars can be all <laughs> on snacks. And also, you burn more <laughs> calories, so you can get more in. Exactly right. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I think that's a good place to leave us for this week. Um, you know, obviously, massive thanks to all the listeners uh, over the World Cup. It's been a, it's been a massive, a massive sort of uh, stint for our boys. A couple of podcasts a week. Um, numbers are through the roof. Um, you know, thanks to you guys. Um, if we, oh, I just want to revisit our listener sort of power rankings. If I, if I may, I think I think we've got to have Piranha at the top. You know, being our sort of a sponsor for the for the yeah. World Cup. Um, so we'll get them at top. We'll sort of. I want to keep. We'll keep Mitch Cuthbert sort of around that sort of top because he did buy us a mic. So, you know, if you really want to get towards that top, you know, buy us equipment. You know, it won't, it won't so, take a lot, honestly. You flick us, you know, a couple of, couple of Big Macs each, something, you know, something even mine like that. Especially, be, especially, especially a Big Mac. You'll be, getting, you'll be getting pretty close to the top pretty quickly. Definitely. Um, and where have we got? Who's next? Probably, I our, guess. probably our five star reviewers next. I'd probably go Patreons before then, mate. Yeah, just Patreons. producer Gav on the Patreon. Producer Gav, um, actually, he's pretty low. To be fair, he calls himself a producer, yet does zero producing um, yeah. or listening. In fact, because he never realizes how much shit we give him. Yeah, which is interesting because he's a Patreon, um, <laughs> so he's paying to not listen to us, which is okay. Mm. If that's and, 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 hey, if that's what you guys want to do, you're more than welcome to. Definitely. Um, you yeah, also Patreon subscribers next for sure. Yeah, if if that's if that's not selling a Patreon, I don't know what is. Um, yeah, and then we've got definitely our five star reviews. Uh, probably the ones that write a review on Apple, um, definitely good. And then our then our five stars on Apple and Spotify recently recently cracked one hundred and fifty in the Spotify. Real yeah, big daddy, fine. real big daddy sort of number that day. Eh? So yeah, next oh, goal, a tweet from uh, Jason Gillespie. <laughs> yeah, I'll join the club. I like it. I like next it. Next one's big, isn't it? Couple of hunch. Couple of hunch. We Jason Huge. Gillespie. Lovely, lovely. And then I think from there we've just got our uh, lovely listeners, and obviously Lugsy and Jacko. So. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you again in another week. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for tuning in. Stay subscribed and, uh, yeah, get your piranha grip socks. Beautiful. Too easy, boys.